Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Also Podcast. This weekend has kind of been the spark for me feeling like I need to do another one as the um, first few days of the labor conference has gone has gone by and it has been quite eventful. We've had on the main stage at conference and in addition at places like the World Transformed, uh, think of it as a conference adjacent to conference, um, yeah, we've had some very interesting speak speech speakers and um, very decisive and devastating points being made against the upper echelons, the leadership of the party, and the party's more, let's say, the wing of the party that has more an affinity with the blue side of the political spectrum. And I think the thing I want to focus on the most is kind of the efforts to crush or dismantle the left in the party by the right of the party and Keir Starmer seemingly unending uh, war against anyone that is to the left of Attila the Hun. So as expected Starmer tried to push through some of his anti-democratic reforms um, the flagship of which failed um, that was to change the makeup of the weighing of the, the different portions of the electorate in leadership elections between the MPs, the membership, and the trade unions. They would split it into a third, split it into thirds. Mm, and that one failed. However, instead, what did pass was the rule change that you needed 20% of MPs to get nominated. You see, it might not seem ridiculous if you're, you know, looking on as an outsider or you're not particularly familiar. However, take it in comparison. After this rule change, Labour requires 20% of MPs for a nomination for leadership. The Lib Dems require 10% of MPs. The Conservatives require 2.6% of MPs. And the SMP requires about 100 members from, like, I think it's 20-odd branches. About 20 branches. So the party explicitly set up in the name of labor and the workers is less democratic than all the other parties, all the other major parties in the country. So that is just a portion of what they have to deal with. And now you're thinking, okay, well, how how will this affect the, the leadership races going forward? Well, think of it this way. In the last, I think, what, 15 or so years, since about 07, had this rule been in place, 
of all the female candidates that have run, about how many of them? About 16 women ran from 07 to 2020. And of all of them, only one would have reached that threshold. So it's funny that afterwards, the Labour Party was trying to make the argument that there was no way, absolutely no way, that this would limit the diversity of candidates, not just in terms of gender and um, race and so on, religion and so on, but uh, in terms of ideals. And that is blatantly not true. So from 2010 to 2020, six of the seven women to stand would have would have not have qualified according to this rule. Only Yvette Cooper, like I said, would have made it. There would have been no black candidates, no can like none of them, no candidates of color. None of them would have made it. Obviously, there would have been no Corbyn, which is specifically what they don't want. And I'm at least remotely happy to report that a lot of people weren't particularly happy with it. One delegate at conference had this to say, and he had it spot on. Do we allow the Parliamentary Labour Party to restrict our choices in future leadership elections, or do we have a genuine debate amongst a diverse range of candidates? Card vote 19 would raise the nomination threshold for future leadership elections to 20% of all MPs. Now, conference, while you were all out partying, I was having a good time looking through the leadership election results for the last 40 years. Very few candidates made 20% of MPs. In 1994, neither giants of our movement, John Prescott nor Margaret Beckett, would have made the ballot. In 2010, there would have been no Ed Balls, no Diane Abbott, no King of the North, Andy Vernon. And in 2020, we would have been faced with a very simple choice. I totally get what he's saying. I get that this is a Labour conference. I get that Andy Burnham is likely going to run in the next leadership election. But that King of the North shit is so cringy. It's not an important point, I just, I just wanted to make that. And in 2020, we would have been faced with a very simple choice. Keir Starmer or Keir Starmer. <laughs> now, however we vote... That is incredibly true. That is incredibly true. And I think that kind of zeroes in on what part of the purpose of this whole rule change is. It is to make sure that the choices are limited. It is to make sure that the choice excludes any left option. Like I said, anybody to the left of Attila the Hun, not allowed to become leader. That is the purpose of these rule changes. The, a byproduct of that will be that there will be obviously less options. But the right of the party and their ilk will get away with it because they have the backing of the Westminster bubble. Damn journalists love people that kowtow to power. And Keir Starmer and his ilk are nothing if not people that kowtow to power. Anyway. Or Keir Starmer. <laughs> now, however we voted in that election, can we really say that the debate would have been stronger had we not heard the voices of Emily Thornberry, Rebecca Long Bailey, or Lisa Nandy? And there's something that those... Nandy's debatable. There's something those three names have in common. They're all women. In fact, can you guess how many women have had 20% of MPs in the last 40 years? Just one. And how many black candidates? Zero. 40 years.
40 years. This is Labour Party, the one that um, screams every day about, oh, diversity this and diversity that. Now, we can get into an entire separate conversation about the kind of emptiness of the quote-unquote diversity project that is um, that has kind of swept up a management. But that's not the point right now. The point is, listen to that. Over the last 40 years, one single woman. So it's not even as it's not even just uh, as far back as 2007. As far back as 40 years, only one woman has reached that threshold. And he's about to say that no black candidates have reached that threshold. Not a single one. And you already know that in terms of a uh, uh, black candidate being elected as Labour leader, that is a long shot if a long shot has ever existed. And this just makes it even more difficult. And I think someone made a very good point that with these rules, it makes it far more likely that the Tories are going to one-up Labour on their kind of token diversity uh, strategy, which, I mean, they can't even understand, but they can't even get that right. Can't even get that right. One. And how many black candidates? Zero. Our movement is strongest when our best ideas emerge through full debate. If we vote for card vote 19, our debate will be paler, maler and staler. Our movement will be weaker. So vote for democracy, vote for debate, vote against card vote 19. Thank you, Don Prince. No. He ain't wrong. He's not remotely wrong. And I heard it was um, a unison that tipped it over the edge for card vote 19. So here are more problems with not having a left leader of a union that goes and screws over supposedly the members of a party that have supposedly been set up for the workers. It's not looking good. It's not looking Now, considering all of that, yeah, you would think that Starmer wouldn't do something stupid like, you know, fuck everybody over and then prepare preemptively to rub salt, to be rubbing salt in the wound. That's what he did. Considering the labor movement and people that are part of the labor movement and the people that, and also consider the people that have been subjected to some of the most vile abuse from the kind of the scum, uh, the sun was allowed at conference. And I think it's absolutely fucking abhorrent. That, abhorrent that's fucking disgusting. But this is the kind of person Starman is ilk are. They are cowards. They have no principles. And thank God Emma Whitby from Sefton Central CLP gave them a little bit of her mind. And I love the beginning of this video, uh, the beginning of this uh, audio, sorry. But listen for Margaret Beckett at the end and her fucking tales of the crypt looking ass. Listen. Thank you. Yeah, Emma Whitby from Sefton Central in Merseyside. I'd like to know why the CAC has allowed Murdoch's lion Tory rag to come to this conference. You can't see Margaret Becker's face during the applause, but it looks like a slapped fucking ass. And a combination of that and just the most vile, condescending kind of looks. And it gives you an indication of what the PLP thinks of the members and the general populace. That, again, is anyone that is to the left of Attila the Hun. Shows you what they think of them. They look at them with absolute disdain and disgust. But the thing is, they know they're not going to win anything. They know they're not going to win the next election. The point is not to win the next election. Like, that is all of a facade. 
The point is to make sure that a left leader and left power in the party can never be built. And they're most likely going to be successful, which makes peop- when people say stay and fight even more annoying. Fight for what? Anyway, we'll get on to that. Just, just, just listen for Margaret Becker to the end. Okay, come on, we haven't got all day. Listen to this. Hey, Mike, shouldn't you be stirring a cauldron somewhere and scaring children? Shouldn't you be busy doing that, you unseasoned cabbage? But yeah, these are the kind of people you have to deal with. Shout out to Emma Whitby, though, for asking the important questions. Why Murdoch's lying Tory rag was accepted at the conference. Should never be there under any circumstances. Now, considering all of that, yeah, that that is all the stuff that he did. But what? Okay, then surely some of this stuff must be working, right? Surely all of this, Starmer attacking the left at conference, outside the conference, stripping the whip from people, removing people from, from their positions, surely it's had success. No. Uh, interesting little uh, tidbit from Stats for Lefties on Twitter, uh, at Lefty Stats on Twitter. Starmer's achievements as leader, lost 300 council seats, lost Hartlepool, which Corbyn won twice, by the way. His approval rating is minus 39. Lord of mercy. And this is without a sustained media campaign against him for years. He's just being himself. But he sucks ass so bad and not in the good way. No, no, no. Not in the way to make your, your toes curl and your eyes roll back. No, in the horrible, really, really bad way. He is consistently behind in the polls. He is. And everybody that used to shout any other leader would be 20 points ahead have suddenly come down with a case of selective mutism. And I find that very interesting. It's a it's an interesting bit of cowardice and hiding from responsibility of being fucking wrong all the time. Talking to you, James. Um, and he lost Durham for the first time in the 100 years. Another thing that um, a, a lot of political commentators and people in the Westminster bubble tend to not bring up because Starmer is doing the work they want him to do. He's doing the work of the Tories, of capital, of the most powerful people in the country, and that's what they want him to do. So we shouldn't be surprised. Now, considering all of this, yeah, Clive Lewis was on Navarro Media, and he, they were talking about, basically, the topic was his labor dead, what? is the feasibility of kind of change within the within the structure of the Labour Party and uh, basically I want to just overly and hyper focus on one thing he said He's, to paraphrase he basically says something about um, keeping one foot in and obviously one foot out, one foot outside the Labour Party um, because he still thinks uh, the Labour Party can be uh, basically helpful in the fight for change and um, Uncle Clive, I just want to ask you this. You say keep one foot in and one foot out, but what if that one foot that's in is being proverbially chewed on by a coyote? Then what? Hmm? That shit is gnawing at my femur. The bone is exposed. I can see the blood. But you're telling me, hey, 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 it's okay. Because one day, maybe, I don't know, we could train this coyote to do something good for us? Well, although that might be the case, Uncle Clive, 
Before then, it is likely to have eaten me entirely. Because half a nigger's foot is gone. Now, again, I know I'm over-focusing. And I know I kind of just really extended that metaphor there. But I think it definitely applies. The Labour Party, on the Keir Thomas leadership, and with the the prominence of its right-wing MPs, like Margaret Hodge, Margaret Beckett, Keir Starmer himself, people like, oh, Christ on a bike, I don't even want to say his name, West Streeting. I think I'm about to die. Yeah? There's a litany of them. Just deeply odious people. How on earth do you get positive change through that? Through that lattice work of selfishness, careerism, and fuckery. How do you get positive change through that? You don't, because they will actively work to stymie it at every turn. Are we forgetting that labor sta- some Labour staff and MPs were actively working against the leadership so they could lose the election both in 2017 and, t- and 2019? Like, people that stay, stay and fight. Stay and fight for what? You stay in the party, you'll just be fighting for a breath. Fighting for your life, proverbially speaking. Because these people are going to stress you the fuck out. If you want to fight, I'd say the most viable path obviously exists outside the Labour Party. Definitely, when Corbyn was elected, a lot of people were inspired. A lot of people thought that that change could be made inside. And hey, I think it's actually important to have people like uh, Clive that think that. Uh, they, they help to somewhat slow down the ever-encroaching fuckeries by people of his opposite nature within his party. But at the same time, I think it would be diabolically naive and wasteful for the majority of quote-unquote activists to expend their energy within the confines of the Labour Party. You already have the larger structure of society and capital working against you. To have one of its... um, minion arms the labor party to be dealing to 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 work under that structure to work under that 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 arm and simultaneously have to be fighting that and the larger structure of of capitalism and injustice absolutely not absolutely not and so yeah that was a that was a taste of conference that's all I really wanted to talk about um that and when uh, the general secretary basically asked people, please remember what motivated you, what what moved you to join the Labour Party. Uh, some people in the room just stood up and started uh, shouting, join me, Corbyn. And it caught him so off guard, you could tell. You could just tell, and it was absolutely beautiful. Here's a little listen. Everybody remembers why they joined Labour. What was it for you? For me? Jeremy Corbyn. Well... <laughs> Magnificent. He how could you not see that coming? How, how could you not see that coming? If you could see the look on his face right now, it's magnificent. It's one of like, I was going to say deer caught in the headlights, but it's more like guy caught wanking behind the KFC. It's a combination of like, maybe I can laugh this off and my God, I am filled with such embarrassment. Also, I'm not, I'm not saying that David Evans was wanking behind the KFC. Just to make it clear. <laughs> and I think that's where we end it off. Um, thank you very much for listening. 
hopefully something will annoy the fuck out of me soon and I'll be back and I'll catch you later. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.